Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in to Hot Mike with Houston and Hogan. Today on the show, we delve deep into some old songs about murder. Yes, murder ballads. I'm glad you joined us. This is an interesting show today. Hello and welcome to Hot Mike with Houston and Hogan. I'm the Randy Houston part of this equation. And I'm Dave Hogan from way back in Hogan Holler. We've dragged him out of the holler and he's been up there in the holler all uh, hunched over and working on research. I know uh, you've been busy since the last time we got together. You know, I got to thinking about murder ballads, country music, murder ballads murder ballad you got a murder dark, you got ballads. a dark topic for us here a today. dark topic but some of the big songs especially in the early days of country music were murder ballads somebody got killed yeah. there was a killing <laughs> as the old folks would say yeah they used to use that term uh there was a killing yeah i read uh, and and you too ralph stanley's autobiography Right. And uh, Ralph talks about a killing that happened during one of his shows right there in front of him on the dance floor. Wow. When he was playing a uh, honky tonk. Well, you know, uh, Dave, going back, and uh, in, in, uh, a lot of that, the old songs were full of violence. Well, many of the ballads that we hear here in the Appalachians came from. The Old Country, and Pretty Polly's one of them. And I was reading about some of the uh, information about Pretty Polly that you find when you do research. There were two uh, songs from uh, the British Isles, one called The Gosport Tragedy, and another called The Cruel Ships Carpenter. They were all, uh, both of them, forerunners. A pretty Polly. Uh, the songs made their way to the uh, Appalachians, and down through the years, the words were changed. Words were taken away and added to. Yeah. And we have what is known today as a classic in bluegrass music called Pretty Polly. And if you've never heard it, folks, pull up Pretty Polly on the internet. By Ralph Stanley and Patty Loveless. And I don't know if you believe in levitation or not, <laughs> but when you listen to that song, it'll lift you about six feet off the ground, as Patty Loveless and uh, Ralph Stanley do. Pretty Polly. Now, in Pretty Polly, uh, the, the, the two uh, lovebirds, so to speak, uh, get together and she wants. Uh, or he wants to get married. He wants to get married. Willie does. But she does not want to get married. She says she needs uh, a little more time mm -hmm. uh, to enjoy life before she settles down. And I'm not using the words directly from Pretty Polly. I'm just telling the story in my own words. But she wants more time uh, before they get married. And he winds up killing her because. He wants to get married right away, and she doesn't. And he stabs her in the bosom. And that is Pretty Polly, one of the early, early 
murder ballads, and there are many more. So let's go to a later murder ballad that uh, people who enjoy traditional country music, classic country music, certainly will know, and that's Knoxville Girl. Oh, I yeah. met a little girl in Knoxville town, yeah. town that I know well. And then every Sunday evening at her home, I'd dwell. And that was um, also a song brought over from the old country. Originally, the title, and get this, goes back to, uh, it was called Bloody Miller. Goes back to 1683. Wow. The year 1683. It was called Bloody Miller. It's the same story, just in a different uh, wording. Bloody Miller, then Berkshire Tragedy in 1750, and then in Ireland, the same story was called The Wexford Girl. The Wexford, W-E-X-F-O-R-D, The Wexford Girl, which is very similar to the modern-day story called Knoxville Girl which was copyrighted by a uh, fellow named Graham Reed. And the most famous recording of Knoxville Girl is by the Leuven Brothers, and it came out in 1956. And uh, since we're so close to Knoxville yeah. here, and we're recording in western North Carolina, but uh, both uh, Randy and I have connections to uh, East Tennessee, and I spent a lot of money in Knoxville sending my daughter to the University of Tennessee. So just about everybody listening, I'm sure, has either has heard of Knoxville or oh, yeah. can relate to Knoxville in uh, some way. And in the uh, this murder ballad, uh, the, the fellow, and it's never explained in the ballad why he killed her. Never explained. Yeah, you don't know the reason. Don't know the reason why he killed her. But anyway, the, he, he would go every Sunday night in her home, and then one night he invited her to take a walk there in Knoxville town, and they were on a bridge, and for whatever reason, he pushed her off the bridge and into the river, and there's some haunting words like, go down, go down, go down, you Knoxville girl. Right. And then uh, also, after he commits the uh, murder, he goes home, and uh, his mother asks, "Why? Uh, where does all that blood come from? And he says, it, I had a nosebleed. And then he goes to bed, and he lies there, and he is haunted by what he has done. It says, I call for me a candle to light myself to bed. I call for me a handkerchief to bind my aching head, rolled and tumbled the whole night through, as trouble was for me like flames of hell around my bed and in my eyes could see. They carried me down to Knoxville and put me in a cell. My friends all tried to get me out, but none could go my bail. I'm here to waste my life away down in this dirty old jail because I murdered that Knoxville girl 
the girl I loved so well. And as we said in the song, there is no indication as to why he decided to kill the Knoxville girl. That song, uh, one of the, I remember, uh, the Osborne brothers, Bobby and Sonny Osborne, I think recorded a version of that song. And uh, I'm sure they probably did Yeah, because it was recorded, has been recorded and is still being recorded by a lot of artists. And another one is a song called long black veil. Do you remember that song? Yeah. Danny Dill and Mary John Wilkin wrote Long Black Veil. We got to do a program sometime on just Mary John Wilkin, who discovered Chris Christopherson. She, it's an amazing story. And we'll do just a whole program, an entire podcast, talking about Mary John Wilkin. She not only discovered Chris, but a lot. A lot of others too, right? Well, she had a publishing company and helped out a lot of people. A lot of people. But her yeah. personal story is one that uh, powerful is very powerful, very powerful. Okay, Long Black Veil. Ten years ago, on a cold, dark night, there was someone killed neath the town hall light. There were few at the scene, but they all agreed that the slayer who ran looked a lot like me. And of course, in Long Black Veil, he does not, um, uh, he, he does not uh, want to, he takes the fall, so to speak, because he was with his best friend's wife. Yeah. Yeah. That was his alibi. And the judge said, son, if you have an alibi, you won't have to die. And he couldn't do it. But he couldn't use that alibi because he was in the arms of his best friend's wife. And his best friend's wife is at the funeral, and she shed not a tear. But on those cold nights, she walks these hills in a long black veil. Mm-hmm. And visits my grave as the cold winds wail. Well, that's cold, Dave. That is a, that's a, that's an emotion tugging song right there. And in just a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago in 2019, Lefty Frizzell's recording of Long Black Veil was selected for preservation by the Library of Congress in the National Recording Registry for being culturally historically and aesthetically significant. So the song has been put into the Library of Congress in the National Recording Registry, written by Danny Dill and Mary John Wilkin. Another murder ballad, Long Black Veil. Want to hear another one? Yes, I want to hear. You've been researching a lot of these. One, another one close to home. Tom Dooley. Hang down your head, Tom Dooley. Hang down your head and cry. Kingston Trio's the version I think of. That was the big hit. His name was Tom Dula, D-U-L-A. Okay. But even before the song, I'm told, people started using 
the word duly instead of doula when they referred to Tom. And uh, the song goes, hang down your head, Tom Dooley, hang down your head and cry, hang down your head, Tom Dooley, poor boy, you're bound to die. Why was he bound to die? It was because he killed Laura Foster. He alleged that Laura Foster gave him syphilis. And in a uh, fit of anger, he killed her. Uh, Tom Dula, a.k.a. Tom Dooley, was a Civil War veteran. And this incident occurred in Wilkes County. I was going to, uh, yeah. Where? In Western North Carolina, Wilkes County. Up near um, North Wilkesboro, Wilkesboro, Boone, yeah, that right. area. High, high mountains of Western mm-hmm. North Carolina. Right. And the uh, incident occurred, and this is a real story, the, the, in, in 18 and 66, right after the Civil War, is when Tom Dula killed Laura Foster. And he fled. And you know the line in the song? I'd been in Tennessee if it hadn't been for Grayson. If it hadn't been for Grayson, I'd been in Tennessee. Grayson. Where will I be tomorrow? I said, reckon where I'll be tomorrow. If it hadn't been for Grayson, I'd be in Tennessee. I have uh, an old friend who's retired North Carolina Highway Patrol Trooper, Bob Grayson, who was in Buncombe County for many, many years, and he always used to want me to play that song for him. He, he'd say, I, I'm out uh, running radar on I-40 West through Haywood County, and that line about they'd be in Tennessee if it wasn't for Grayson. <laughs> he liked that. When Tom Dooley fled after he killed Laura Foster, he fled into uh, Tennessee and just across the line from North Carolina, what's now North Carolina, you know, that whole section over there, in Upper East Tennessee, used to be in North Carolina. But uh, for sake of the song, they call it Tennessee now. There's a little place called Trade, Tennessee. It's the easternmost community in the state of Tennessee, not far from the North Carolina line. And Tom Dula went to work for a farmer named James Grayson. And when Grayson found out that he was the wanted man, he turned him in. And thus the line, if it hadn't been Been for Grayson, I'd be in Tennessee. (laughs) So that's the story of Tom Dooley. The story that uh, that happened in 1866. And the Kingston Trio popularized Tom Dooley in 1958. And I know at least one member of the Kingston Trio retired to Boone. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't remember which one. I was a big fan of their music. I I loved the MTA and and uh, all of their hit songs. The Kingston Trio. Remember the night the lights went out in Georgia? Man, there's a lot of people recorded that song. A murder ballad. And that was uh, written by Bobby Russell. And Bobby Russell was married at the time to Vicki Lawrence. Vicki, of course, later on was a member of the Carol Burnett television troupe 
Mama. She played. She was. She played that role of Mama. Yeah. And at the time she joined the Carol Burnett show, she was just a young thing. And just recently, they had a television special. Don't know if you saw it or not on Carol Burnett on the uh, I think fiftieth no. anniversary of her show. Okay. And uh, I watched uh, watched that, recorded it, and watched it. But uh, Vicki Lawrence, as I said, was married to Bobby Russell, who wrote The Night the Light Went Out in Georgia. And Vicki did a demo of the song, and they pitched it to lots of recording artists. Cher was one of them. Cher almost recorded it, but at the last minute decided not to. So they couldn't get it recorded, so they decided just go ahead and release Vicky's demo. I don't know if they released the demo or re-recorded right, it. Right, right. And it became a hit. And that was in the early 1970s, I think 73. And then in the 90s, Reba McIntyre yeah. recorded the song, and it was a tremendous hit for uh, Reba. And sometimes we'll listen to a song, we'll enjoy a song, and it's so good, you don't really listen to all the words and listen to the story. You're so right about that, friend. I get wrapped up in the production and the vocal talent and the singing and backups and all of that and, some, and forget the story. The story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Wolo. He, uh, the narrator in this, the story in the song is uh, uh, the sister of the man that was hanged at the end of the story. And he had been working on Candle Top. I used that as a trivia question one time. Mm-hmm. He'd been away for two weeks, and he came back home, stopped at a bar for a drink. And uh, Andy Wolo told him to sit down. He had some bad news because his new bride had been uh, sleeping around with that Amos boy, Seth. And I uh, don't get all worked up over this, but I've been sleeping with her too. To tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you the truth. So the, 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 the man in the, the story, the young man, we assume, decides he's going to take Andy's life. In a fit of rage, he goes to Andy's house. Well, what does he find? He finds Andy dead already lying on the porch floor. And the state patrol was out making their rounds, and he, to get their attention, fired a shot in the air. Boom! Well, of course, the state patrol figured that he had killed Andy. They heard the shot. They heard the shot. They found the and a big-bellied sheriff grabbed his gun and said, why'd you do it? Son. Big-bellied sheriff. <laughs> and uh, long story short, as, as we say, it was the sister of the person, the man that was wronged, who killed Andy. And, and that, also killed Andy's wife. They'll never whose find body them. they would never find. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's got all the ingredients of a great story, doesn't it? I saw it one time described as a gothic southern murder ballad. Yeah, in three and a half minutes. (laughs) In three and a half minutes, quite a story. So if you haven't listened to The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia and paid attention to the story, you might want to do that. Yes, you do. Still a very popular song, still play it a lot on classic country format. Reba McIntyre, The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia. Now another murder ballad of recent origin. I guess this is uh, the last one we'll have time for. Is it the last one we'll have time for? Yeah. Well, there's a bunch more, and at a future date, we might go back and... save those notes. Yes. Let's talk about Goodbye Earl. Okay. By the Dixie Chicks. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yes, yes. Known today as just the Chicks. They dropped the word Dixie. Okay. And it's the story of Marianne and Wanda. They graduate high school, and... Wanda stays right there in town and marries a fellow named Earl. Mary Ann, she leaves town, goes to Atlanta, Georgia. And Wanda became the victim of domestic violence at the hands of Earl. And she told Mary Ann about it and what was going on. So Mary Ann gets on a plane and flies from Atlanta. Wherever it is that uh, that Wanda and Earl live, and they get to talking one night about the situation, and they wind up taking Earl's life by poisoning the what was it the stew or something they put some poison in. Yeah, I can't and remember. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, they 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 poisoned him, wrapped him in tarp, took him to the lake. Goodbye, Earl. A lot of radio stations would not play the song. You know, I think I must have been at one of those stations because I'm not real familiar with this. We must not have had that in our playlist. But it was a big hit by the Dixie Chicks. I played it. I was playing country music at the time. And I love the lyrics. Let me just quote a, do I have time to quote Yeah, you sure do. Yeah, take time. It says, right away, Marianne flew in from Atlanta on a red-eye midnight flight. She held Wanda's hand, and they worked out a plan, and it didn't take them long to decide that Earl had to die. Black-eyed peas, that's what it was. Goodbye, Earl, and those black-eyed peas, they tasted all right to me. Earl, you feeling weak? Why don't you lay down and sleep? Earl? Ain't it dark, wrapped up in that tarp? Ooh, <laughs> Ooh the words to that song. The cops came by to bring Earl in. They searched the house high and low. Then they tipped their hats and said, Thank you, ladies. If you hear from him, let us know. They just assumed Earl had left town. Goodbye, Earl. If you hear from him, let him know. Uh, so so they go out to the to the lake, and Earl became... You know, he was erased from history. And then the girls bought some land at a roadside stand out on Highway 109. They sell Tennessee ham and strawberry jam, (laughs) and they don't lose any sleep at night because Earl had to die. Whoa. Another country music murder ballad. And there are many, many more. So many. Yeah. Boy, Dave, thank you so much for uh, 
looking up those numbers for us. And we'll, like you said, we'll come back to this. There's so many shows that we want to come back to. Uh, one that we're going to do in a couple of weeks when you come back and join us on Hot Mike with Houston and Hogan is uh, Country Duets. Uh, Dave's also been v- busy in, in that uh, genre, and that's a big one, too. So uh, come back and join us in a couple of weeks. By the way, our friend Bill Anderson wrote a great uh, murder ballad called Cold Hard Facts of Life, oh, recorded yeah. by Porter, Porter Wagner. Wagner. We'll yeah. talk about that one one day. Okay, let's do. And uh, come back and join us for another Hot Mike with Houston and Hogan. Be sure to click the subscribe button for another episode of Hot Mike with Randy Houston and Dave Hogan.